Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Hundreds and thousands of people are there at the bank of the Jordan River. There's the Jordan River, and on the other side, the Promised Land. Can you imagine the hustle and bustle? Everybody's getting ready. Remember, these these are hundreds and thousands, perhaps millions of people. This mass of people. And can you imagine? They're all excited. They're all now it's time to go. And people are running around and they're packing stuff. And, you know, whose goat is this? That's Henry's goat. Bring that back over to Henry. You know, go get your sister. We don't know when Joshua's going to give us the go-ahead finder. Honey, where'd you put those pots and pans? No, I haven't seen him. Go look there over there. I can just, in my mind, I just see all of this activity as people are getting ready and packing up. It's time to go. You think about that as we read this chapter. And I was going to just introduce it with a few verses, and I read it, and I thought, no, we got to read the whole chapter. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and they removed from Shechem and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, uh, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits, which is about a half a mile. 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. And here's the theme for tonight. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And that's what we're focusing on tonight. The idea that, as was the case with the children of Israel, sometimes with us the Lord moves us. And you haven't passed that way before. In verse number 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. See, all this is going on. Everybody's getting ready. There's, there, there, there's got to be in the air an air of excitement, an air of anticipation, and an air of wonder. How is this going to happen? How are we going to get across this river? There's got to be an, an, an air, perhaps even of, of, of concern, that they know that they've got to go over and possess the land. There's bad people over there that are going to have to be dealt with. And all of this is going on. Verse number 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. 
Thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the brink or the edge of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. They had to feel good about hearing that. And he goes on to say, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up, or they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan. Everybody's grabbing the kids. Okay, you get grandma. Grandma, come along. You know, you, you, you can do it. We'll, we'll, we'll hold you. And, you know, just, just think, real people. Some people hobbling. Some people can barely walk. Kids running around. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. As I read that, oh, to be there. To see that. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, teenagers, you know, young couples in love, grandmas and grandpas, livestock and all their stuff and carrying everything. It must have been a lot of dust in the air as they're getting ready to cross over the river. And in the midst of that, verse number four stands out. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, talking about the Ark of the Covenant, about 2,000 cubics by measure, Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Why is that significant? Because God was leading them. And he was leading them into a land that they had never been before. To see things that they had never seen before. To hear things they had never heard before. To experience things they had never experienced before. As God did that for Israel, sometimes he does that for you and me. Leads us down a path that we've never traveled before. 
And with you and me, there can be that anticipation or there can be that fear. Here's the point of the message tonight. Any new change or challenge God brings into your life can often be met with fear and foreboding, which can get you out of the will of God. Joshua chapter 3 illustrates how to embrace change and challenges that will keep you in the will of God and will glorify His name. That's what we're going to learn tonight. Any new change or challenge God brings into your life can often be met, if we're not careful, with fear and foreboding, which can keep you out of the will of God. Say, I'm not going there. I I like my comfort zone. I don't want to go there. And you're digging in your heels. But Joshua chapter 3 illustrates how to embrace God-given change and challenges that will keep you in the will of God. And allow you, therefore, to glorify God. And it's true. Life will give us new and different challenges. There are times we're called to pass down a route that we've never been before. And because we haven't been that way before, we might hesitate. And that's not good. When God says move, now sometimes he says wait. But when he says move, it's not good to hesitate. For example, when, when, when Moses was called by God, you know, he's out in the wilderness, and he's tending sheep, and God says, hey, guess what, I got a job for you. I mean, Moses, you know, told him, you got the wrong man. See, here's Moses, God says, I got it, I got a path I want you to walk that you haven't walked before. It's kind of human nature for some people to hesitate. Moses. That's what he did. He argued, no, 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 let's, let's not do this. If you're not careful, you, you might even make a worse decision when faced with something that you know God is calling you to do. You might do like Jonah, not hesitate, but retreat. Jonah didn't want to go preach in Nineveh. That was God's will. I've never done that before. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And he retreated. How'd that work out for him? end up in the belly of a fish. Or it might be that God has called you to a challenge that is a real challenge. And you might be like David's brother when the army of Israel was facing uh, the giant Goliath and the Philistines. You might be filled with fear. So in all three of those examples, God has called somebody to do something And there's either hesitancy or either fear overcoming them or they are in full retreat. And I think that is too often typical for a lot of us. When we sense that God is having us go down a path we've never been before. How is it that we can handle that new challenge correctly? Spurgeon put it this way. I like to quote Spurgeon. He said this concerning this issue. The fear of that which is new is even more powerful when we are called to enter upon new labors. We become accustomed to our present service, which at first was difficult, but continual exercise in it has made it easy to us and 
Therefore, when the Lord calls us to something else, we are afraid to venture. Even back in the late 1800s, Spurgeon knew human nature and it hasn't changed much. The Lord could call us on a new venture. Uh, The Lord may say, I want you to go back to school. I want you to get a a degree. He may may want you to take on a new job. He may want you to get involved in a ministry, and you've never been involved in ministry before. He may call you, and I've been preaching on financial peace. He may call call you, and he does call us, to tithe. And he really may be knocking on your heart's door through this, this series. And that's a new venture. You've, you've never done it before. Chances are you might be hesitant. You might be filled with fear. You might be in full retreat. The fear of the future and the fear of the unknown can stunt our spiritual growth at best. And at worst, get us completely out of God's will. When God calls us to move out of our comfort zone it is best that we listen it's best that we move because there are times for sure he calls us out of our comfort zone it it ultimately comes down really to a matter of trusting God you know God is calling you to do this and you are hesitant and the issue is are you going to trust God Let me share with you this very convicting quote, if I may, from Spurgeon. He says, to see a distrustful Christian is to see a man who is robbing God of his glory. That's convicting. To see a uh, a distrusting Christian is to see a man or a woman, of course, who is robbing God of his glory. That convicted me because sometimes I don't trust like I should or I find it hard to trust or I find it scary to trust. I'm human too. And there's sometimes the Lord will, you know he's laying it on your heart, you need to do this, you need to do that, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. And I think, you know, that, that is so hard. And then... Spurgeon steps on my toes when he says to see a distrustful Christian is to see a man who is robbing God of his glory. To help you, we have the story of the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. And there's seven things here that if you'll listen tonight, it can help you. You're standing at the banks of the Jordan you don't know how you're going to get across. You don't know what's on the other side. But you really sense that God is leading you. And you want to do it right. You want to cross it properly. Here's seven things to share with you. And I'm going to use, I don't want to sound self-indulgent or anything. But let, let me just give testimony tonight that Sharon and I have been there. When God has called us to move, literally move. And if I could just share with you some of my experience to illustrate some of this. But lessons concerning change and challenges and how we should handle them. Because 
It's laid out really good here in Joshua chapter 3. Number one, we need to realize tonight, there are times when God moves us. There are times when God moves us. Sometimes, uh, literally, to another state, another city, but sometimes to another job, another ministry. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shechem, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. It was God that said, I want you to move. I'm giving you the promised land, and I want you to move it. Sometime God moves us. When I started ministry... Back in 1975, uh, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I became, first I started teaching at Central Baptist Christian School, and then I became a coach there, and at 25 years of age, I became the principal of, of, of the school there. I loved what I did. Loved what I did. And everybody there would have told you, and people that are still there that remember me from 30 years ago, would have told you, Brother McMorris will always be here at Central Baptist School. Am I right about that, Sharon? Every, everybody would have said that. It was, I, it was my heart. It was my life. I gave every, everything to it. But then I realized, and it was a prompting of God, that's all the way I can explain it, that said, no, you're going to move. In this case, literally, you know, to another state. That first move coming from Baton Rouge to the Chicago suburbs. And that's a scary thing. But I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. And I would have been out of God's will not to do it. Because I think the only way that I ended up here in, in Michigan was getting away from Central Baptist School and the Lord had to get me to my wilderness. Thankfully, it wasn't 40 years. It was just three. But we wandered in the wilderness for three years there in, in Chicago before we crossed the, the Jordan River or Lake Michigan, I, I guess you would say, to be, to be here. But you, you just need to understand, sometime God moves you. And it could be, like I say, it could be not a literal move to another state, but moves you in an area of growth, moves you in an area of responsibility, uh, allows you to walk a path that's difficult, maybe with illness or the illness of a loved one. You've never walked that path before. Sometime God moves us. Great advice here from this chapter 3, number 2. When that happens, listen to your leaders. I can't stress that enough. In verse number 3, And they commanded the people, saying, When ye shall see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. This is Joshua instructing the people. And you and I know they would have been foolish not to listen to him. They would have been foolish. It would have been a serious mistake. It's very important when you, sense, when you sense God moving you that you listen to your leaders. Leaders are God-ordained. You know, children, children should listen to their parents. People should listen to the pastor. It's a foolish mistake. 
If, if, if you've got something that you know God is, is urging you on down the road, a route, a, ro- a road you've never traveled before, and you've got temptations to be hesitant or fearful or, or, or to run the other direction, you ought to talk to your pastor. You know, he's, he's not God, but he's God-ordained man that can you know, listen to you objectively and give you some objective counsel. When I felt the Lord was leading us into the senior pastor position, rather than school principal, coach, or assistant pastor, that was a big deal. And that, that was me going down. I had never traveled that way heretofore. Never traveled. And thankfully, I had some people that I could talk to. Now, sadly, at, my, at that time, it wasn't my pastor there in Chicago. But God gave him, moved me and gave me a good leader, a godly leader, and Pastor Paul Kingsbury. And I remember talking with him in his office at length about what, you know, God's moving me. At that time, I didn't know about Mayo, but, you know, his counsel was so valuable. And there was another man down in Baton Rouge. He uh, was with Child Evangelism Fellowship, Jerry Pertell. He's a legend down in South Louisiana. Jerry's got an engineering degree from Texas Tech and was on his way to being a multimillionaire and gave it all up and has been, you know, working with children his entire life. He's probably my age, maybe, probably, maybe a little older. And I, I valued his counsel. He was a godly man. And I valued his counsel. When, when, you, when you feel the Lord leading you, and in this case, a new direction, a different direction. Listen to your leaders. It would have been foolish for the Hebrew children not to have listened to Joshua. It's foolish today for any Christian not to listen to their preacher or those in God-ordained authority over them. Number three, we learn from this that if you feel that God is speaking to you, giving you something different or a new direction. Number three, clean up your life. That's the example here. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You want to make sure that there's no interference in you hearing God's complete direction. You want to make sure that you're in a position to be used in the direction that God is sending you. You know, I was, we were at the restaurant, the men, for our prayer breakfast the other day. And uh, Cindy, who is usually our our waitress there, a great lady, uh, she was pouring coffee and my cup was turned over. And she picked it up and turned it over and she looked at it and uh, she spit into it, rubbed her finger. She said, I think it's clean now. And then she's, no, she didn't do that, but she didn't pick it up and look at it. She said, I don't think you want to use this cup. And she reached over the table and got another and put it over there. We don't like using dirty vessels. Neither does God. That's right. It doesn't mean we've got to be perfect because that is impossible. But we need to be serious about trying to be as clean as we can be. Particularly when you have a sense that God is going to challenge you or use you in some greater capacity 
you need to really examine yourself. You really need to clean out the, sweep out the corners, pick up the rug, bring it outside, and beat it out, get all the dust out of it. You really need to clean up your life. Number four, and this is not contrary to what we're talking about, but as he's moving you, sometimes you first have to wait. You have to wait on the Lord. Thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. You sense that God is moving you, going to use you. You're a little fearful, you're a little hesitant, maybe even want to run. Understand, though, that sometimes, rather than getting too much of a hurry, you wait on the Lord. Sometimes that can be the most challenging of all, just Wait, patience is not one of my strong suits. And I've told you the story that when I knew God, he called us to be a senior pastor. I candidated at one other church. It was in New Hampshire. Got there, knew immediately that wasn't going to work. I mean, they were a different kind of church. It was a different spirit. I knew immediately. They knew immediately. uh, But we did get to stay in a beautiful cabin for a couple days up there. So that was the, the good part of it. But it meant we had to wait. I was hoping that was the one. I was hoping we would be able to move there. In the flesh, New Hampshire, hey, nice place. It'd be nice to be there. But sometimes you have to wait. And you, 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 you don't want to lag behind, but you don't want to get ahead of the Lord. And you just sometimes he calls on you to wait. As he did, told them, he says, go and you stand still in Jordan. Sometimes you just have to wait. And you're, you know, the Lord has his reasons for having us wait. Maybe he's putting other pieces of the puzzle in place for you. But you have to wait. And that, that was the case with the Lord. He had a better place for us. And I am so thankful that we ended up in, in Mayo and have been here 27 years. And it's home now. Uh, but if we had a press forward, and if I would have thought, no, this is it. New Hampshire, this has got to be it. You know, I don't want to wait any longer. And if I had a force the issue. Okay, we can bend. You know, we don't agree with what you guys are doing, but how you're doing it, but hey, I want in. Wouldn't have worked. So sometimes you wait on the Lord. Number five, critical here, listen to the Lord. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Absolutely, you're supposed to seek counsel from leaders, the God-ordained people in your life, but ultimately you listen to the Lord. Read his word. He can speak to you through his word as you read it. And as you pray, he can speak to you as you pray. He can speak to you through some message like this, through the preaching of God's word. And you need to understand that. That sometimes it is is essential to listen to the Lord. Do not tune him out. Do not avoid him. Seek him with all your heart to hear from him. He, he is critical to your future and to you uh, bringing honor and glory to him. And I remember, I've, I've said it before, when I knew the Lord was moving us from Chicago, I would go down to Lord's Park by myself. Beautiful little park just down the road from our house. And I would go down. you remember that, Sharon? And I would go down there. And I would pray. I'd just sit in the car by myself and just overlook. It was a beautiful park. Find a parking place there. There were some deer pens that, that were there. And I'd kind of park by them. And I remember being there. I'd never traveled this way before. 
And I, 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 needed, I, needed God's, I needed God's help. I needed to listen to him. And that was my special place to go where I could pray and talk to the Lord. And then we come to number six. Realize God is going with you. Verse number 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. You know, the ark of the covenant was a symbol of God's presence with them. And it's so comforting to know that when God sends you across the river Jordan into this new uh, time of your life, he doesn't stay back on the other side and wave bye. Good good luck. See you later. No, he's going with you. The Ark of the Covenant went with them. God, God went with them. And you can have that assurance, and that helps to eliminate the, the fear and, 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 and the doubt. And I was so thankful that the Lord came with us when we came to, to Maya. He had to be with us because back in the day, there was some tough times. This was a hurting church back then. We don't really like to think about it that much. I mean, it was hurting. A lot of hard feelings, a lot of animosity, a lot of shattered dreams, just a lot, a lot going on then. And we needed the Lord. Boy, did we need the Lord. And he was with me, and he did see us through. And then number seven, kind of obvious, the time comes when you go. Okay, Lord, I'm going to start tithing. Okay, Lord, I'm going to get involved in ministry. Okay, Lord, I'm going to join the choir. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Pastor, Brother Jamie, and see if they need a Sunday school teacher. I'm going to do it. The time comes that you just do it. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. The, kind, the, time, the, the time came to pass when the people were moved from their tents. It's, it's time to go. And I remember, and some of you were here at the time, it came time. Pack up in Rockford, Illinois, and move to Mayo, Michigan. Come in here with that old brown diesel station wagon. Was, I, I did more to get rid of mosquitoes in Michigan than anybody with the exhaust and the smoke that came out of that thing. There comes a time when finally you say, okay, Lord, I've done all this other. I've waited some. I've listened to leaders. I've really tried to clean up my life. I'm listening to you. Lord, I trust you're going to go with me. And then sometimes he says, go. You know, it, it, it could be, it could be, you know, uh, people just starting devotions. Something like, I've never done devotions before. And what if I don't do it right? Or I don't know how I'm doing it. It could be anything. There are many ways we may not have passed this way before. It may have you go through a time of financial trouble. He may have you go through a time of financial blessings, which sometimes can be more trouble than times of financial trouble. It could be health trouble. It could be marriage troubles that you've not gone through before. Or it could be something like a new job, a new ministry, a new call to witness, a a call to give. Remember the lesson tonight. Let's review. There are times when God moves us. Listen to your leaders. We learn from this chapter. Clean up your life. Wait on the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Realize God is going with you. And the time comes when you go. Matthew Henry, commentator, Bible commentator from years past, said this. 
While we are here, we must expect and prepare to pass ways that we have not passed before. But in the path of duty, we may proceed with boldness and cheerfulness. Whether we are called to suffer poverty, pain, labor, persecution, reproach, or death, we are following the author and finisher of our faith. Nor can we set our feet in any dangerous or difficult spot through our whole journey, but faith will there see the prince of the Redeemer's feet, who trod that very path to glory above and bids us follow him, that where he is, we may be also. Again, in closing, Joshua chapter 3, verse number 4. Joshua is giving the instructions. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Finally, Joshua says, let's go. You got grandma? You got got grandpa? Okay. Junior, hold on to sister. Let's go. Larry, you got the the goats. You got the donkeys. Okay, mom, you got... And you go. And what an adventure. And what honor and glory those people brought to God's name by walking across that river on dry ground. God's still doing that today. In individual lives and in families in this room. Let us be inspired and motivated and challenged by these people, those families that day that said, let's go. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.